Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Biggs here, amen? Come on, what's what's happening? The Bible says, or excuse me, the word of the Lord came to our church saying that the tide is turning in our favor, praise God. And so we just know God's doing some good things and some big things are happening and some big things are coming, amen. And so now it's time for us to dream again, right? How many of you want to dream again? Some of you think, well, I don't know, I lost my dream a long time ago. Lost it when I lost my doggie in my red wagon. <laughs> Come on, we're going to dream again. Come on, everybody's got a dream, right? And it doesn't matter whether you're old or young, God has placed a dream on the inside of us. And it seems as though as the older that we get, we start to lose hold of or let it loose. And actually, when you get into your 40s and your 50s, if the dream hasn't come to fruition yet, many times we just let it go and we start living and dreaming for the next generation, whether it be our kids or our grandkids. But how many of you know, if there was a dream in you at one time when you were young, the dream is still in there. And there's a younger generation that is rising up right now that God has put a dream in them, just like he put in you. And God wants to merge the dreams together. Amen. He wants the old and the young to run. He wants the old and the young to have vision. He wants the old and the young to have dreams and to be able to trust God for that which is unseen, that which seems to be impossible. And isn't that what a dream is all about? Things that don't seem as though they can actually become a reality. But God wants us to dream again. Amen. And so I want to just refresh your memory from where we started last week. We started this series uh, dream again. This is part two. But in Psalms chapter 126, starting in verse 1, it says, When the Lord brought back captivity of Zion, or brought freedom back, we were like those who dream. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad everybody say i want to be glad i choose to be glad amen so the bible says that when god brought back captivity or brought freedom back to the house of god the bible says that they became like those that dream now it's interesting to look at that scripture because there's some characteristics there's some expressions that come with people that dream number one we saw this that for those that dream it says their mouth was filled with laughter and their tongue with singing amen so that means if you've got a dream in your heart you've not let go of it there is a countenance about you that is bright you're smiling you show your teeth right I was just in, in Tennessee for the last week, and, and down there, some of them don't have as many teeth as we do up here. But nevertheless, they weren't afraid of showing their, their tooth. All right? <laughs> 
Listen, I'm telling you, if you've got a dream on the inside of you, there is a smile on your face. There's laughter in your heart. Why? Because there's something that is bigger beyond you. Something that becomes an expectation that say, God, I can believe. I can see that. And then it says that there was a song or singing on their tongues. Amen. How many of you have been like that in this last year? In fact, some of you I've talked said, I'm so glad it's a new year. Because I didn't really have a good song last year. This is the year to dream again. This is the year to allow the song to erupt out of our heart. Amen. Because it's characteristic of those who dream. Number two, it says this. They gave glory to God. God has done great things for us and he's done great things for them. And we're glad. So they recognized that having a dream on the inside was synonymous or partnership or partnering with God. The only reason that I can be excited about the dream that's in me is because I know God gave it to me. And God wants to bring it to pass in my life. Amen. You know, there are so many people that are looking for the dream, that are searching for joy, searching for peace. And apart from God, you'll never find it. Now, that's applicable to the people of the church. Come on, you got to hear this. Because you can be sitting in church all day long. You can be going to church and saying, I'm a Christian, but never experience the joy and the peace that God desires. Because he don't want us just to come and say, well, I'm a Christian now and check out. No, he wants us to do life with him. He wants us to experience the dream and the life together. And in that, God begins to bring the joy. Amen. We also see that, again, they said the Lord has done great things. He's done great things for us. And that means that it's not just for you and yourself. It's connected with those people that are around about you. See, your dream's connected to my dream. See, if your dream isn't coming true, my dream's not coming true because we're family. Amen. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ and every part has a joint and a supply. So in other words, you could say it this way. If your knee isn't working, if your foot isn't working, then it hinders the whole body. In fact, my father, he, he's not here this morning because uh, his foot is really bothering him. He couldn't even get a shoe on. His foot swelled, swelled up so bad. Right. So that means that if you're a part of the same body that I'm a part of, if your dream isn't functioning or working the way that it needs to, then I'm not functioning at full capacity. So in other words, our dreams work together. And then number three, it says that they were glad. They were glad. Why were they glad? Well, number one, when it comes to a dream, a dream is something always beyond what you have right now or it's bigger than you, right? So in other words, that means it's going to take faith in order to get there. So that means you get excited and you get glad before you ever see it because that's what faith does. That's what faith looks like. But it says that they were glad and people said the Lord has done great things for them. So that means that there was a dream that was becoming materialized before them. And therefore they could be glad. So that means if God's put a dream in your heart for your family, for your life, and you've still got laughter, you've still got a song to sing, then the Bible says that dream is still yet to come to pass. Hang on to it because God wants it to come to fruition in your life. How many of you want your dream to come to pass? It can be tangible. 
It can be a reality. But when it comes to a dream, how many of you know it's sometimes challenging to share your dream with somebody? Have you ever tried to share your dream with somebody and they stepped on it, squashed on it, spit on it, made fun of you about it? Remember Joseph? Joseph had a God-sized dream. God says, you're going to be used mightily. And really the dream was all about people, wasn't it? It was not about him. It was bigger than him. It was about the people that God was going to use him to impact. But he shared it with his brothers. Remember his brothers like, who do you think you are coming and telling us this? Who do you think you are? And there's going to be times that when you try to share your dream, the enemy is going to come and try to quiet the dream in your heart. And here's the thing. Your dream impacts people as well. And that's why the devil works so hard at crushing your dream. Because it affects people. As moms and dads, if God can kill your dream, it will impact your children. If it won't stop with your children, it will impact your grandchildren and the generations to come. Because a dream is bigger than yourself. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, when it comes to a dream, as I said, if you share that dream with some people, sometimes it's very easily to be stepped on or to be crushed because people don't necessarily see or don't necessarily get what you get because you see it through the eyes of faith. And I've got to say concerning me as a pastor, there have been times that I have let circumstances, discouragements, setbacks to move me and what I saw. And because I let it move me in what I saw, I let it move me in what I say. And actually, to be honest with you, I just kind of got to a place where I started or I stopped talking about the dream that was in me because I thought, well, people have heard that before. People saw the same thing before. They saw the setbacks and the failures just like anybody else has. They got eyeballs. And so I'm just not going to say anymore. Because I don't want to come across as a dreamer. Are you hearing me this morning? But God really got my attention. He's been talking to me about this dream and this place and this purpose and this season that we're in. Did you ever notice that Jesus announced wherever he went who he was? Remember he stood up in the synagogue and says, I have come because the anointing is upon me. I've come to set the captive free. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to set those that are, that, are, that are enslaved, give them liberty, open the blind eyes. He announced who he was. And he announced who he was without any insecurity at all. And so what am I saying? Well, I want to refresh your memory of what God's called us to be. He's called us to be a church that loves God, loves people, and loves life. Why? Because our dream can't be done without God and it can't be done without people. And you won't ever enjoy life the way God intended it until you're loving God and loving people. 
But I'm telling you, God has called this church to be a pillar in this community. And once again, I know it's really easy for us to shut down in our thinking because we see this small auditorium and we say, well, it's just us. It's been like this. And so therefore, because of it, it begins to shut down our thinking because it's small. And it forces us to think small, but God wants us to think big. God's called this church to be a pillar in this community. He's called this church to be a voice in this community. He's called this church to be the place that people want to go. And not just go because you're here, but come here because God's here. And when they come here, they find answers. They find hope. They find healing. They find a miracle working God and that he's still alive today. Amen. Now you might think, well, you're talking big, pastor. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm tired of talking small. I'm tired of thinking small because God's taking us into a new season, into a new day. The tide is turning and God has called us for a time such as this. Now, once again, there's a lot of churches out there and I don't mean to say that they're not significant, but God has called us to be significant because we're unashamed, unafraid to talk about the God in which we serve, that he's real and that he'll meet you and that there is a divine connection and presence of who he is in our life. Amen. And so we've seen adversities over the years. And I know a lot of churches have as well. But we were just in Tennessee this past week with Pastor Mark Hankins. And just as we were having lunch, he came over to us. And he stopped in the middle of us having lunch and he said, with great adversity comes great victory through the spirit of faith. I realize we've had some great adversities over the years. I don't back away from that at all. But with great adversities comes great victory. Why? Because God needs a church like this. And when I'm talking about a church, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about a people. I'm talking about a people that will trust their God, believe their God. And when they come and talk to you about your God, they come in contact with him because he's so real to you. Amen. Come on. Uh, God wants to be known and he wants to be big. He wants the dream to come alive. Amen. And so as a pastor, this is my prayer for us because it's it's not about just building a ministry. It's about building the kingdom and paul prayed this prayer for the church and this has been my prayer for the longest time and it continues to be my prayer and so over in ephesians chapter 3 starting in verse 19 in in the amplified it says i'm praying that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience How many of you know there's a lot of churches that go in and have religious service and do things out of tradition, but they don't have a no-so experience with God? Come on, are you here this morning? Mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled, filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives completely filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more that you all more than you all more than we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams. Everybody say dreams. And according to the power that is at work within us. What is that power? 
That power is the love of God. What is God wanting you to be an example of? His love. He wants you to not be critical and judgmental against those that are apart from God. He wants you to show forth the loving kindness of God to draw them to Him. Amen? This is the power that's within you working to draw people to know Him. But then he goes on to say this, according to His purpose. Why is this love on the inside of you? To fulfill a purpose. And then he goes on to talk about that purpose. He says that purpose is beyond all that you can pray about. All that's beyond what you can think. And he'll do beyond and abundantly above what you think, what you dare to ask. And then he goes on to say, beyond what you'll dream. Did you see that there's a dream in there? Why do you begin to ask for things to begin with? Because there's something stirring on the inside. Why do you dare to believe that there's something beyond what you have and where you're at in life right now? Because there's a dream on the inside. And God says, there's love working on your behalf. And he says, I will do above and beyond, infinitely beyond what you can ask or think. Your desires and your dreams. Why? Because your dream is about people. Your dream is to help people. Have a personal experience with God. Can you say amen? Amen. Now think about it. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 14 starting in verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue. Everybody say pursue. Let us pursue the things which make for peace And the things by which one may edify another. The Bible says that the kingdom of God. If you're a believer. If you're a child of God. You're in the kingdom of God. And he says in the kingdom of God. It's righteousness. Peace. And joy in the Holy Spirit. First of all. What is righteousness? Righteousness is rightness with God. I said it's rightness with God. Do you know the number one fear In the world is the fear of death. Why? Because what's after death? For the believer, we've got life. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? You get sick and die tomorrow. Praise the Lord. I'm in heaven. Come on. If Jesus said it was time to go tomorrow, I'd go. Baby, I love you. I'm going. It's been all nice knowing you guys, but I'm going. If Jesus said it's time to go, I'm ready. Why? Because the believer don't know death. The believer only knows life. And so therefore, it's rightness with God. What do you think every person in life is looking for? Really, they're looking for rightness with God. If you would say, are you afraid of dying? They'd probably say, yes. Why are you afraid of dying? Because I don't know what's after death. Well, if you know Jesus, you do. And so therefore, whether people know it or not, they're looking for rightness with God. But they would be quick to say, I'm sure looking for peace. Everybody wants to have peace. Peace in their body. Peace in their mind. Peace in their home. Peace in their family. People are searching for peace. Are you here this morning? Why do you think so many people turn to substance? Because they're looking for a method to cope. 
I'm just looking for a good time. No, you're looking to cope. You're looking for peace and you think it's with something else. And then it goes on to say, joy. Everybody's looking for joy. And it goes back to what I just said. People will look to substance. Well, I'm just looking for a good time. Woohoo! Can't wait for the weekend. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> no, you're, you're looking for joy. And you're looking at, looking at it through substance. But the Bible says, we that are in the kingdom of God, we've got it. We've got rightness with God. We've got peace in our heart. And we've got joy. Everybody wants what you have. Everybody wants to be you. But how often do we, the church, work so hard to be, try to be somebody else? I want to be like them. I want to strive to be like them. I want to have what they have. I want to keep up with the Joneses. Didn't you know it already? You have what they want. You've got rightness with God. You've got peace on the inside. You truly got joy. Why? Because there's a dream on the inside. And if there's a dream, the Bible says that there can be laughter and singing and a countenance about you that everybody wants. Why? Because God has a purpose and a dream on the inside of you. Can you say amen? Amen. That's what people want. And whether you know it or not, you've got everything that you need. In verse 19 of Romans chapter 14, which we just read, it says, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Everybody say pursue. There's a pursuit. Now listen, we do a lot of pursuing of things. To give us peace. But God said if you'll pursue me. It's there. It's in there. Can you say amen? Amen. Isaiah 54. We're talking about a dream. We're talking about finding. Rightness with God. Peace. And joy. But it all comes with a dream. And a dream is always bigger than you. A dream is always going to require faith. A dream is always going to require us to pursue. Notice what it says here in Isaiah 54 verses 2 and 3. He says, enlarge the sight of your tents to make room for more children. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare them. Lengthen your tent ropes and make your pegs or your stakes firm in the ground. For you will will spread out to the right and to the left. And your descendants will take possession of nations and will inhabit deserted cities. Did you notice it says enlarge? Well, it's not a good time to enlarge. God, we're comfortable right now. God, it seems as though that's going to stretch us. (laughs) Yep, time to enlarge. That's hard for me to think. Yeah, you got to think bigger. I know this is where you're at. You got to expand. You got to stretch. Why? Because a dream is always bigger than you. If you can see it, if you can expect it, if you can do it, it's not a God dream. Because it will take us trusting Him. It's going to take faith. Amen. Now, did you also notice concerning the dream? 
expanding the tent. He says, to make room for children. What's that mean? Why do you need to make room? Because the family's growing. You got to have more kids. Or you got to make room for more kids. Come on, how many of you parents would, would have children in all your rooms and keep on having kids? No, before long you'd say, man, we got to get a bigger house. Before we got any more kids, we got to have a bigger house, right? And God says, there's family that's coming, but it's a season. It's a time to get a bigger house. That's why we're dreaming. That's why we're going into a bigger house, the house of God, because it's time to expand our family. He said, and, now notice the very last part. He says, and your descendants will take possession of nations and will inhabit a deserted city or deserted cities. So your dream, your stepping out in faith, isn't about you. It's about those that are behind you. And it says, so that they will possess cities that are deserted. Now, I don't know about you, but they've had a lot of negative conversation about Flint. And I've had it about up to here because this is my city. So what does that mean? That means it's time for us to possess our city. Stop looking at it as their city or the city that we just stuck in. No, this is our city. And if God's called us to be to this city, then we're going to possess it. And it's no longer going to be deserted. It's going to be full of life. It's going to be full of joy. It's going to be full of peace. Why? Because we're here. Well, you think you're all that? Yes, I do. Why? Because I'm full of the love of God. And with me comes his power to create dreams. To bring rightness with God. To bring peace and joy. That's what's in you. Amen? God wants your family to begin to experience that peace and joy. Let me give you a couple verses real quickly. I know I'm kind of rushing through this. I want to give you a couple verses just to whet your appetite here. In Psalm 37 verse 25, it says this. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken or those that are right with me. Nor his descendants beg for bread. Come on. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. God's going to take care of us. But he's going to take care of our kids. Because we've got a dream. In Psalm 115 starting in verse 11 it says. You who fear the Lord trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless the house of those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. This city, he's given to us. This county, he's given to us. Listen, there's coming a time in the near future where people are going to say, that's Genesee Valley Church. You have a need, go there. I heard about this person that when they went there, they got healed. God showed up big time. You need to go there. Come on. That's our God. Let me give you another one. Jeremiah chapter 17. You doing okay? 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted. Everybody say planted. Oh, we're planted by the water which spread out roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. Come on, how many of you know there's been a drought? But nor will we cease from yielding fruit. So in the middle of a drought, when things seem like everything's going to hell in a handbasket, Genesee Valley Church, the people of it can flourish and grow and be fruitful. Why? Because we serve God. This is our city. This is our time. This is our dream. And he says that we can be fruitful. Let me give you a couple more. Just a couple more and we'll, we'll wind it up. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1 through 3. There was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the day of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For you and your descendants, I will give these lands and will perform an oath which I swore swore to Abraham, your father." What is that? That he would bless you and multiply you and make you fruitful. Amen. This is our time. This is our season. And God is increasing and building the dream. So here's my challenge. See, the first month of the year, we're just purposing to stir you up and challenge you for the rest of the year. 2016 may have stunk to high heaven. 2017 is going to be an awesome year. This year is going to be a year that we begin to experience the dream. But the dream must be pursued. So here's my challenge for you today. As we saw in Romans chapter 14, it said righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace. The dream will always cost something. I said the dream will cost you something. So number one, I encourage you this year to pursue. Let us pursue the things of God that make for peace. One of the greatest areas that you find peace, comfort, stability, joy is in the house of God. I encourage you, pursue God this year. Purpose to be committed To come to church. Be committed to pursue him. So will you make a pledge today. To say I pledge to pursue God. In 2017. Number two we saw in Isaiah 54. It said this. It said enlarge the side of your tents. Make room for your children. Will you pledge today. To serve him. Not only for yourself. But for your family. I'm telling you. Hell is after the family. He's out to destroy the church. And the only way he'll destroy the church. Is to destroy it through the family. Fight like hell. For your family. Do you know what I'm saying? Because hell is fighting. You've got to be tougher than hell. Because hell is after your family. You hearing what I'm saying. And how I'm saying it. Amen. Let's pursue him and make a pledge to pursue him for the sake of our children. I would hate to get to heaven 
And God said, well, I got to let you in. But your kids can't come. Man, I want my kids to be there. Number three, Psalms 107 says, Sow in your fields so that you may be fruitful and multiply. Whenever you give or sow into a field, it always multiplies. In fact, I didn't even read that last scripture in 107. Let me turn there real quick. You don't mind, do you? In Psalm 107, verse 36, it says, There he makes the hungry dwell, that they may establish a city for a dwelling place, and sow fields and plant vineyards, that they may yield, a, uh, a, yield first fruits of harvest. He also blesses them, or blessed them, and they multiplied greatly, and he does not let their cattle decease, or decrease, rather. Will you pledge... To give, sow into the fertile field of the dream of Genesee Valley Church. Because when you make that pledge to sow, the Bible says that there is a harvest for not only you, but for your descendants. Amen? Come on, I've shared with you before. There are people that are here right now that invested in this ministry, in this church, 10, 15 years ago... And many of you are here because of what they invested those years ago. All of you that are here right now, you may not be here in five years. But what you invest today is going to establish a foundation for those that are coming. And whatever you purpose to do, whether you're purposing to seek His face and pursue Him... For yourself, for your family, to invest in the kingdom of God. It's always bigger than you. It's eternal. Amen? Amen. And so, I want to conclude this service really just to challenge you. As we get ready to give. Because the dream is all about us. And it takes us. And it takes a step of faith in order to get there we are expanding our stakes we are expanding the tent because the family's growing right it's going to take faith and it's going to take faith on all of our parts to get there in fact jordan why don't you come up here for just a minute I have you come up here just because he's such a good-looking guy. But I ask him to come up here just simply because he's an example. Now, many of you are as well, so don't feel bad that I didn't call you up here. But he is a great example of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and bringing the dream to pass. When they came on staff three years ago, or roughly three years ago, one of the things that I told him as far as a staff person says, one of the things that I require is to be a tither and a giver. And when we started talking about that, it wasn't something that he was always necessarily familiar with, but he was teachable. And so he became very faithful and very committed to the dream that God placed him herein. As a result of his faithfulness and being teachable and just being consistent, I have seen God 
pour out blessings on his life that just blows your mind. Increase after increase after increase. Blessing after blessing simply because of his faithfulness. And then as a result of that, his heart starts opening up and he starts becoming a blessing to me. It's interesting how people that get hungry for God get hungry to be in church and get hungry to serve the people that are serving them. And all that he's done, all that he's been faithful to do, God has brought blessing. But maybe you saw it on Facebook just a few days ago. There's a little video of his little one-year-old boy. As they're at home worshiping God, Malachi's walking around the house praising the Lord. (laughs) Praising the Lord. Why? Because he invested in the dream that God put in him, but also put in us. And put in us. And he's seeing the benefits in the next generation. Amen. You cannot... Outgive or outlose what God wants to do in your life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so what I'm asking you to do is to not only pursue God with your heart, but pursue God with your time. So I'm asking you in this next year, will you pledge, will you commit to find your purpose within your church? Because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. The worship team, in the children's ministry especially, hospitality. People are needing you because there's a dream in them. Children need you because there's a dream in them. Will you commit this next year? Will you pledge to say, I will be involved and invested at GVC, the place that God has called me to be, so that we can impact generations and fields to come because God has given us this land. And then lastly... Will you give of your finances to make this dream come to pass? We've got roughly four weeks to close on the building. We had a goal of uh, we we need to have $40,000 to get into the building. We've roughly got $10,000 already. Whoo, come on. 25% of the way. And here's what God said to me. He said the money is in the church. What does that mean? All of us possess part of the dream now i want to say something to you and it might just mess with you a little bit but how many of you know money's just money it comes and goes and money's no big deal because god takes care of us if we had 30 people to say i'll commit in this next month to give a thousand dollars we got it covered you may say a thousand dollars How am I going to do that? Put it on a credit card. Credit card? Hey, you're getting income tax money, aren't you? Pay off your credit card in just a matter of a couple weeks. And you made an eternal investment in your kids and your grandkids and those that are to come. Come on, you got to see eternally or you'll get hung up on the money. Well, that's a lot of money. That's only $83 a week or $83 a month. That breaks down to $19 a week. And I know you blow more than that on stuff you don't even remember. Come on. Will you pledge today and say, I will be a part of the dream? In the back, you see pictures and we've told you about it. 
those are some teasers back there. Please go back there and look at them. In a couple of weeks, I want us as a church to go down to the building after service and just pray. Shout. Come on. And celebrate. But will you purpose to be a giver and support the dream? Amen. Now, I'm just going to tell you as a pastor, God's been stirring my heart. And I'm personally going to give 2000 You say, well, that benefits you because it's your deal. No. I'm investing in you. In your kids. In your grandkids. And that's just me. I don't even know what my wife's given. I'm scared to find out what God's dealing with her about. Because she's always bigger than me. There's some other ones that have said, hey, pastor, God's talked to me and this is what I want to do. And I'm like, wow, praise the Lord. What's God asking you to do to stretch your stakes to bring the dream to pass for the future generations and for your dream? Amen. Now I'm talking about above and beyond your tithe. Amen. So in the back there, there's some pledge cards. You can grab one. If you know what's in your heart, grab one. Fill it out right now. In fact, just appease me right now. Grab one, please. So at least you can at least make me feel better that people are making movement to grab one, all right? Come on, I know it's a commitment. But this is your church. This isn't my church. This is our church. This isn't my dream. This is our dream. This isn't my city. This is our city. And God's called us to be a great voice and church. Amen? Worship team, can you come on up? I'm assuming you already filled out your offering envelopes for our tithe and offering today. If you know what's in your heart already and say, listen, I want to, I'm going to give this amount of money in the, in the month of January, fill it out. If you're not sure and you got to pray about it, then we got a few more weeks that you can fill that out and turn it in and get the money in. If you're afraid of what God's talking to you about right now and you think, man, I really got to go home and pray about it because, whoo, that's okay. But how many of you know that God will always meet the need? Whenever you ask for seed, God will meet your need. It's one of the fastest prayers that God will answer because it affects people. Now, please listen. I I know some may get really, get their nose out of joint when you start talking about money. Listen, I'm, I'm unapologetic about it. Every day, commercials are running TV ads. You want to buy this? You want to buy that? You've got this kind of problem, we can fix it. And some of the things that they say they'll fix, you're thinking, dear God, I can't believe you're talking about that on TV. You put them together. You know what I'm talking about. And so, if people can ask you unapologetically to buy Diet Coke, I unapologetically ask you to support your church and the dream that God has made you a part of. Because... Diet Coke will be gone the moment you drink it. But the people's lives will be for eternity. Amen? So I'm going to pray. And we're just going to believe that this is fertile ground that God is planting seed into. Amen? Praise God. And as we leave today, just take take a look at those pictures. Just dream with us. Because we'll make some major changes. We're going to make it us. But it's got room. 
man, room to run, run around the place, get lost. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that our hearts are not moved and not condemned and not pressured this morning to give. God, I thank you that our attitudes are not bent out of shape because we're talking about money. But God, we just want to hook up with you. God, we want to pledge this year and this day we are going to pursue you with a passion. We pledge that we are going to give of our time and our talent to invest in young people in this next generation. And God, we are not going to get hung up on money to invest into the work that you've called us to be a part of because it's eternal. And so we thank you, God, that you are faithful, faithful, faithful because you are our good shepherd and we do not lack for anything. And everyone said, amen, amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life